Hello, and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. On today's episode, we are sitting down with our guest, Rebecca Vinroot, Director of Social Services for James City County. Welcome, Rebecca. Good morning. So glad you could join us this morning. I'm glad I'm here, too. Very good. So tell us, what is it that your department does? Well, Social Services has numerous programs. Our main mission is to help people help themselves, in a nutshell. So we do that by providing a wide variety of programs. Our traditional programs, I guess some people call them, are benefits-related and welfare-related when it comes to protecting vulnerable children, disabled, elderly populations. We also provide financial benefits for individuals who are lower income and need assistance with medical insurance, Medicaid, Mm -hmm. who need financial assistance to purchase food, which is called SNAP, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, formerly known as Food Stamp, as well as cash assistance, which is temporary assistance for needy families, known as TANF. I mentioned before, protective services, we have child protective services, adult protective services, We also provide foster care for those children who can't safely live in their homes. Sometimes foster care turns into adoption. Mm -hmm. And then we also recently have moved the housing unit under our department. So that is responsible for providing the Housing Choice Voucher, otherwise known as Section 8, which is a financial subsidy for housing. Also in that unit, we provide first-time home buyers program for those folks who need assistance buying their first home. Uh, we do a lot of rehab services, so we do energy efficient, everything from replacing windows to full-scale rehabs for folks who need work done on their home for it to be safe, decent. Mm-hmm. So that's a nutshell. That is a lot. It is a lot. How many people work for social services? Uh, Around 60-ish, from 60 to 65, depending on on the number of vacancies. Okay. It's it's fairly large. Now, how long have you worked with social services? How long have you been with the county, first of all? I started in the county back in 2008. Okay. So I'm coming up on nine years. Very good. Um, The first job I did, I actually didn't mention this program when I first said what we do, is the Children's Services Act, otherwise known as CSA. Okay. It's not really very well known outside of folks who work for us, but it provides assistance for services for at-risk children. So there might be a child who has mental health issues, behavioral issues, and their family's insurance doesn't pay for a certain service. Mm. Well, they come and talk to a group of interdisciplinary folks from the schools, from Colonial Behavioral Health, from Department of Juvenile Justice, from social services, and these folks work together to develop a plan to get the children what they need. So my first job was the coordinator of that program. So I got to know the different folks in the county who provide Uh the services and as well as got to know the different programs and then became the deputy director of social services mm-hmm. in 2011. Okay. And then I became the director in February of 2016 when the previous director retired. Okay. So background with CSA, that must have been so helpful because I imagine it's not just one department out on their own helping folks in the community. It takes a team. 
Correct. And it's something that every locality in Virginia gets a pot of money from the state to provide these services. Mm -hmm. Some of the services provided are an alternative to the funding for foster care, which is known as 4E, as well as an alternative funding stream to Medicaid. So Medicaid does pay for certain services in the home, like an intensive in-home service for families who need assistance parenting their kids who have behavioral mental health issues. It's basically an alternative funding stream in a way, but it's something that really brings together all of the different partners in the community who work with children and families who need assistance. So it was a good way for me to get to know the community as well as get to know really folks around the state um, too, because there's this program in every part of the state. I think a lot of times there's a perception that James City County is a financially well-off community and that nobody really needs assistance in our community. Everyone's retired and wealthy and life is good. And I don't think that that's true. Do you have a number that you can give on numbers of families that you all work with? Probably I would start with a percentage. Okay. In James City County, there's anywhere from 7 to 8% of the population that is in the federal poverty limit. So I don't have the exact figure of that, but for a family of four, it's less than $30,000 a year. Okay. And then as far as kids, there's hovering around 10% of children in James City County live in poverty. So that's probably a little higher than some people think. Mm-hmm. When it comes to protection, especially for adults and and children, that crosses all income levels. Sure. So I think that's something, you know, while the traditional folks think of food stamps helping folks who are only lower income, well, that might be the case. But when it comes to something like the cash assistance, TANF, Mm -hmm. we have relatives, we have grandparents, we have aunts and uncles raising children due to various circumstances in their parents' lives. And those folks could qualify for cash assistance, specifically for the children. You know, we all know children aren't free. So even when folks maybe have a decent income, they still have to feed their kids and clothe their kids. And and especially if that wasn't something they expected in their lives. So that's something that a lot of folks don't know about. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to child protective services, you know, it's not just folks who have lower income who have trouble safely raising their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, the the opioid crisis, for example, has really affected everybody across the country and the state. We don't have quite as much as some of the areas in, say, in Southwest Virginia, but we do have it. And that knows no income sure. level. Uh, so we do have situations where, you know, parents get into situations where they can't safely raise their kids. And so we step in to assist for the time being and until they can. With our adult services, we do have a much higher percentage of elderly folks in our locality. Mm-hmm. And people have plans, but then those plans change as they age and, and they may have an illness or an injury. And we have a lot of folks who have adult children who don't live here in this mm-hmm. community. So when they need assistance, they're adult children may not be here. Mm -hmm. So we have to step in and help them make a plan or work with friends and family and and develop a situation where folks can age where they want to age, whether it is in place in their home, whether it's in a facility. We really want it to be folks' choice. Mm -hmm. So we've been trying to work with folks before they get into what we call a crisis. Sure. So like I said, it really knows no income or age level. (laughs) True, true. Now, you had mentioned something about the housing choice voucher 
program. And I believe that there is a list that's getting ready to open. Can you talk about that? Yes, we are opening up the wait list for the first time since 2006. It's a long time. Yes. And I think a lot of people have a perception that you're on the wait list for years. And that could be the case. We have a limited number of vouchers. We are funded for about 154. Okay. We have more need Mm -hmm. than that in this community. So when we open the wait list, the recommendation is that we don't have any more than two times that number of slots. Okay. So we already have 36 people who are on the wait list. So we really don't want to go past 300. Okay. We'll open it up for a limited amount of time, September 11th through the 15th. And folks will submit their information online. And then once that closes on the 15th, we will basically do a lottery system. Okay. So it doesn't matter if you apply first or you apply last. You have the same chance in a sense of getting on the list. Sure. We are prioritizing James City County residents. Okay. So we will get to 300 and then we'll we'll stop. So if we have 300 James City County residents apply, then that's who'll be on the list. But if we have less than that, then we will open it up. So we certainly want to encourage folks to apply. Um, you have the same chance as anybody else. So regardless of how many applications you receive, the list will still be open until the 15th, or applications for the list will still be accepted until the 15th. Correct. Yes, okay. we don't shut it off. And okay. So from September 11th through the 15th, we are just collecting however many we get. Okay. Okay. So whether you're picking 300 out of 350 or 300 out of 600, that's what you'll do. Correct. Okay. Yes. And we really have no idea how many will apply. Okay. So what happens once they've applied? Once they apply, they will be able to check their status online anytime. And it really just becomes a waning game. Okay. As folks get off of the Housing Choice Voucher Program, we fill slots from there. Okay. Um, We do annual purging of the list. So there's folks who maybe have moved away or no longer need or, you know, they're, they're not, they don't need to be on the list anymore. So we do do that annual purging of the list. And, you know, I think there's a perception, which is a misperception, that folks get on Housing Choice Voucher and they stay for life. Mm -hmm. There certainly are those individuals who may be elderly or disabled and their circumstances are really not going to change. And Mm -hmm. so they may need assistance, Mm -hmm. you know, for their entire life. There are also individuals who their situation improves, their employment improves, they end up making more money and they pay a percentage So as a goal, folks should not have to pay more than 30% of their income for housing. So that's what we try and gauge it. So really what they pay is based on what they earn. Okay. So we have a program called the Family Self-Sufficiency Program where we pull individuals from the Housing Choice Voucher list and we really work with those individuals one-on-one to improve their circumstances. Okay. So it's typically folks from that program that end up getting off of the list. Sure. And we have an incentive program where we help them save money for participating in the program. So we have actually had folks go on to purchase homes, actually. They they have a little nest egg. Mm -hmm. So that's something I think that a lot of folks don't know about. So it is a good opportunity for folks who may not have the support otherwise Mm -hmm. to be able to improve their circumstances. Now, when a family is selected... Do they find their own place to live? They do choose their own. The the word choice 
is there for a reason. Um, We don't have places set aside per se Mm -hmm. um, where we say everybody has to go here. We absolutely have apartment complexes that are housing choice voucher friendly, Mm -hmm. as well as private landlords Mm -hmm. who accept the voucher. So we allow folks to pick their own place because we want folks to feel comfortable and, and have it be a good situation, whether they need transportation or, you know, where their location is. But keep in mind that not everybody will accept it. So sure. there is not, it's not completely wide open. Right. And we do give them a list of housing tourist voucher friendly places. So okay. if they really have no idea where to start, we will assist them with providing that list. We also have folks who move into the area. Mm-hmm. So they may have a voucher from another place in Virginia or either another place in the country, mm-hmm. and they move here. Okay. And they don't take somebody else's slot. We add them to the list. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think at some point we got up to about 170, 76, something like that. Okay. So, you know, we, we don't just have 154 and we cap it off. Sure. Because folks move in and, and out, um, and we that happens for everybody. So we allow for that. We also have some vouchers that we set aside for veterans as well. All right. If there's a listener that happens to be a landlord and has a piece of property and they would like to have this available, how would they get on that list of choice voucher-friendly properties? Well, they would call our housing office. Okay. And they would ask to speak with somebody um, regarding how they can get on the list. Okay. Our housing office number... It's 259-5340. Okay. And then they can talk with the fine folks there and figure out how to get on that list. That's great. All right. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about? Well, we have a few things upcoming that I want folks to know about. In housing, we have a couple of classes that we're offering so we are offering, as I mentioned, we have our first-time home buyer program. Mm-hmm. So we have classes that we offer for folks to get to know what the process is to own a home. It's As we all know, it's not an easy process, no. and it can be very daunting yes. one as well. So folks who go through these classes, they get to know the process, and they may end up getting some assistance you know, down the road with closing costs or, or whatnot. Okay. And we also have some homes in certain areas that we have set aside for these folks who participate in the program. So we have classes that are coming up in the end of September and November. So if folks are interested in that, they can go to the James City County website and search for social services or housing. Okay, and that's jamescitycountyva.gov. Or they can also contact our housing office at 259-5340. Okay. We also have some classes that we are starting to help folks with how to be a successful renter. Very good. So not everybody can be a homeowner. Not everybody wants to be a homeowner. Right. So renting sometimes as well. You need to know what to look for when you're renting a place, making sure that your rights are are intact, Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. So we have some classes that are coming up as well. And all these classes are in the evening. We have them once a month from September through December. Okay. So again, calling the housing office will help direct you to that. Okay. So going back to services for foster care, we have some upcoming trainings going on. So we are always working on our list of people who want to be foster parents. Okay. Uh, because that is not a program that we can predict. Right. And, you know, you don't know when people's circumstances are going to warrant them not being able to take care of their kids. So we like to have a very 
stable pool of individuals who can take a child at a moment's notice. Yes. And these can be anywhere from newborns or infants up until teenagers. So we really need folks who are comfortable at all of those different age ranges. Mm-hmm. We also offer respite, which is not something that people traditionally think about when they think about foster care. But not every situation warrants actual long-term foster care. Mm-hmm. We have individuals who have short-term crises. Mm-hmm. And they need assistance for just a little bit of time. So Mm -hmm. if we can't find a family member who is willing or able to care for those kids for a short time, we go to our foster parent pool. So we have people who we train to just do short-term respite. So that's where we really need a good variety Mm -hmm. of people. So we have an orientation information session that is coming up, and that is on September 20th at our building, the Human Services Center at 5249 Old Town Road. So if folks are interested in participating in that, they can call 259-3100, which is our main number, and ask to speak with somebody about the foster parent training. Mm -hmm. So after the orientation session, it's six sessions that folks will participate in, and it's in the evenings. We provide dinner, and I think it's it's a good opportunity for folks to really give back to the community Mm -hmm. if they're interested. We have some folks who maybe their kids are grown up or maybe they weren't able to have kids of their own. And we have a wide variety of people who want to participate. Well, and the orientation session is such a great idea because there may be people that are on the fence and they're not ready to fully commit, but they want to know more. Correct. Because it is a big choice to make, to yes. participate. And yes. that's great. And when you get a child into your home as a foster child, you know, our, our goal is is always reunification. Sure. You know, we always want to try and fix, so to speak, the situation mm-hmm. that, that brought them into foster care. So it's really... If an individual or a family wants to just adopt, Mm -hmm. this is probably not the program for them because that may not happen. Sure. It may. It has. Right. (laughs) But not necessarily because we really work with families and we really like for foster parents to feel comfortable also working with those families Mm -hmm. because sometimes they can be a better role model or a better mentor than the staff can be. There's, you know, certain barriers that people may feel to talking with staff with social workers but if another family is is there as a peer Mm -hmm. um, mentor role model we've seen some really successful um, situations happen um, very good that as well very good well you have covered a lot of programs that your office does is there a main telephone number that people could call if they want to see if they're eligible for one of these Mm -hmm. services what number should they call well, our main number is 259-3100. Okay. If folks want to see if they're eligible for our benefits program, mm-hmm. we have an online system that the state provides um, that's called Common Help. Okay. And it's commonhelp.virginia.gov. And this system is set up to where you can put in your information and see if you qualify. So it's a good opportunity for folks to even see if their financial circumstances warrant them receiving SNAP or TANF or even childcare. We do Mm -hmm. offer subsidies for childcare or for Medicaid. So it's you can do it in the privacy of your own home. That's correct. Um, Or if you don't have internet access, you can come into our office and apply in our office. Uh, So I think a lot of folks they may be working, and so they may think that they don't qualify, but they may. So I I would encourage folks it doesn't it doesn't hurt to ask I guess right. you know it Absolutely. doesn't hurt to go in there and see. We also in our office 
have some computers where folks can apply for jobs. So we set up through the Peninsula WorkLink. Very good. Um, so if individuals want to come in, we have resources in our computer lab for that as well. All right. Well, yeah. very good. Yeah. And, and one thing I did want to mention yes. um, as we close. So I've been the director now for about a year and a half. And one thing I recognized, and this is kind of building off of the county strategic plan, Mm -hmm. is that I wanted our own department to have a strategic plan. I don't believe that there's ever been one, or if there is, it's been many, many, many years. Okay. Um, And I think because our department is set up to meet the needs of the people, we have to make sure we know what those needs are. Sure. So we need to be responsive to that. But in order to be responsive, we have to gather what those needs are. So we started a process back in July. Um, We have a consulting agency that we're working with. We've had several focus groups. We've had some individual conversations with folks in the community that work with us. So our main goal is to make sure that we are providing the services that folks need without duplicating. Sure. So we have a lot of really great agencies, nonprofits, faith-based, all kinds of community efforts going on that are meeting needs of similar populations. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to duplicate that. We don't want to get in the way of individuals in the community taking care of themselves. So this is really just a sense to kind of gauge where there may be some gaps um, that we can fill in or where there may be some opportunities for us to step back and to support other agencies. Mm -hmm. So we are anticipating in the beginning of November to have kind of an open house and to have a community charrette and have individuals come and look at what we've gathered and and some of the goals and objectives that we have decided to pursue and gather input for that. So that's something that will be coming up soon. Well, very good. Well, we will stay tuned for that. Wonderful. We're very excited. Well, Rebecca, as you know, I tend to end the podcast with a few personal questions so people can get to know you a little bit better. Are you game? Yes. Okay. Very good. Well, and when I say personal, they're not really personal, (laughs) but non-work related questions. There we go. There we go. All right. Do you have any children? I do. I have two boys. Okay. They are seven and three and a half. Wow. So it's nice and quiet at your house. (laughs) And a dog. And a a husband. (laughs) And that was my next question. Okay, so you do have a dog. Yes. What's your dog's name? Her name is Ellie, Ellie. and she just turned 12, but she doesn't act like it. Well, that's good. (laughs) All right, what TV show are you into right now? You know, I don't actually get to watch a lot of TV okay. because I have two boys and right. a dog and a husband right. and a full-time yeah. job. Uh, so my husband and I watch um, different Netflix shows, oh, okay. I guess. So I'm kind of blanking on some of the ones we watch, but I guess I like to tend to watch some comedy, mm-hmm. um, so kind of some offbeat comedy like uh, Broad City. Oh, Broad City is uh, awesome. Or Insecure, mm-hmm. um, some of those shows, but... Again, I'm kind of blanking. <laughs> just, just... All right. Well, no, that's good. That's good. He's not really my thing these okay. days. <laughs> well, one day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, what is your favorite ride at Bush Gardens? Ah, so I'm kind of embarrassed to say that this is the first summer that we've gotten Bush Gardens passes. But what perfect ages for the kids. <laughs> exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So we did the Bush Gardens Water Country dual mm-hmm. pass because my husband loves a water park. Oh, very good. So we've all been enjoying that. So I have to say, let's see, my favorite ride is probably the Loch Ness Monster. It's it's about my speed. Okay. I haven't quite gotten the seven-year-old to really commit to 
that yet. He's more, he, he likes to talk like he's interested, but yeah. <laughs> he's more of a swings guy. Okay. <laughs> swings are fun. Yeah. I, I, like I the can't swings. do the swings. They, they, as I get older, I find that it makes me a little too dizzy. Yeah. The circle thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Got that. All right. Pretend that you are hosting out of town company at your house for the week. What is the one or two or three James City County experiences that you would like them to do before they head back home? Well, we recently did. Uh, my sister and brother-in-law and 10-year-old nephew came for, Fun. and they were here for about three or four days. Nice. And um, so we did Bush Gardens. That's very good. One day, Water Country the next day, which was intense but fun. <laughs> they had been to Jamestown before, so we didn't do that part. But that's always fun, I think, mm-hmm. especially when it's a nice day to yes. just go walk around. Um, we did do Colonial Williamsburg, mm-hmm. so we walked around. Um, we went to the Dog Street Pub for a date mm-hmm. night. Nice. And really just being outside, depending on the weather. There's so many parks. We are, um, my husband and I are excited for the Billsburg Brewery yes. to open up. Yes. Um, we love a craft beer. Yes. So that's exciting. Very um, much We so. love the fact that Uber is around. Yes. So we can get a babysitter and we don't have to worry about driving. Life is good. Yes. So that's good. <laughs> there's so many good places to eat. So that's probably covers it. Well, very good. We're really fortunate to yes. live here in this we community. We really, really are. I, I try and tell my seven-year-old that every day. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Rebecca. We would love to have you back. Okay. You have so much going on. I think it would be great that you come back at some point and share a little bit more with us. Very good. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Subscribe on iTunes today. Thanks so much. See you next week.